0: Hey, what you watching?
1: Got a problem with cartoons?
0: where we dig through the animated past to find what cartoons made here in Canada are worth remembering. I'm your co-host Chris Lucy Antonio
1: and I'm your co-host Sylvie Kettles.
0: We survived another year. We
1: did it! Yay, 2023
0: is in the rearview mirror and thank god for that because
1: I mean let's not jinx it, there's still like 24 hours.
0: Oh I'm jinxing it. Like, <laughs> I'm I am letting anything that is to come my way Happen because I don't want any of that to carry over to the next year. <laughs> Let's get it over with.
1: We're, we're starting fresh.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, so this is the last episode of the year. Thank you very much for anyone who followed us since last Janu- last January. Uh,
1: but not the last episode of Canada Dub Semper because we we missed last week, and we have a plan.
0: Yes, which is what I uh, which is what I'm referring to when I'm saying I hope that whatever happens happens so there will be no frustrating delays moving into 2024 and we can have a clean slate and just be the professionals that we want to be
1: yeah and like never miss a week unplanned
0: that's not no no that's not <laughs> i i we can't make that promise we I'm have not, i'm made not that making that promise. the promise okay. i mean
1: i i did not keep my new year's resolution
0: oh i did wait, not what? replace
1: my squeaky ass chair
0: right <laughs> well i don't know if it was my new year's resolution but i know i did not do any uh ex- extra content for this podcast or change <laughs> oh, yeah. up the format at all
1: we did we did say we were gonna do that huh
0: yeah we, we did do some theme months we did uh expanded our programming had a lot of fun, covered some big hitters, as we always want to do. At the end uh, of the
1: day, this show is just for funsies.
0: More or less, hate to break it to you, but mm. we're just going to keep playing it by ear until we decide otherwise, so sorry. Uh, so yes, Canada Dub will have an official January date. Who the fuck cares, calendars are all lies.
1: Yeah, we made them up. Really, we should, uh, we should consider... Uh, looking at the 13-month year. 13-month year? I'm a proponent of the 13-month year because it gives us, like, the Stardew Valleyification of the real world. Where, like, there's just, there's no change in what day of the week a date will fall on. It's just it's just one set schedule, and then there's like an extra week that dangles on the end, and that's that week does not belong to any month. It's just a nothing week.
0: I find your ideas for how to organize the world very bold and interesting. I hate to break it to you; they will never come into effect. I know this it will never happen. Thirteen month is a pipe dream.
1: I can dream.
0: Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Um. Just real quick, uh, we are an animation podcast. Are we? Yes, that's all we do. That's all we cover. Shit. Yes. Uh, So what was 2023 like for animation? Is it still as dire as it was when we first brought this up?
1: I mean, yes and no. Um, we, We had some really fucking incredible work in animation this year.
0: Film and television-wise, yes. Yeah,
1: uh, tragically, it was not without crunch.
0: Probably the one of two big stories of 2023 is the uh, revelations of crunch that are affecting the animation industry, as well as um, the viability of animation on the current media landscape, a.k.a. the streaming wars. Yes. Like Those are the two big takeaways from 2023 and animation otherwise like i would also throw in the death of teletune and the inhospital inhospility- fucking good lord
1: in hospitality
0: there you go thank you you said it for me i don't need to say it now of mm-hmm. canadian content on canadian content canadian art canadian media in the current sphere specifically in the streaming area as well as the return of hayao Miyazaki in the director's chair
1: god what a good movie
0: the boy and the heron holds up if you should go holds up it delivered on the promise (laughs) of the decade-long hiatus he took um go see that movie
1: um also i know it's probably not gonna end up with the with the oscar nom so i do want to give a nod to uh the the teenage mutant ninja turtles movie what a what an oily greasy movie! It's perfect.
0: Great texture on that movie. Yeah,
1: I I did hear uh, that a that a sequel had been greenlit, but more importantly, a TV series, and I'm very excited to see what a TMNT series where the boys are just in high school looks like.
0: It's a great premise. Like that will. Yeah. Little... That'll do well, I like,
1: hope. I, I love that as a setup. I love that we're actually going to get to see it in the next couple of years. I'm hopeful for that.
0: And we should be hopeful for next year. In, I, I don't know what's coming down the pipeline uh, in terms of animation projects, both film and television, but um, let's just...
1: We're probably yeah. going to get season three of Legend of Vox Machina sometime next year.
0: All right, there you go. That's one, and we will hopefully not get the concluding film in the Spider-Verse trilogy, because let's take our time on that one.
1: I want my animated movies to take longer to produce. I want them to be shorter and done by animators who were paid more to work less, and I'm not kidding.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's Dakota for 2023. Let's go out on that sentiment, shall we? Yes, but speaking of this year, uh, we endeavor to cover a what we assume would be a big hitter of the Canadian animation landscape during our Pride Month, no less. And what better way to close out the year than returning to one of the greats, right?
1: I mean, it's the greatest. We were we were joking. We were joking earlier in the month that. I think you had said that Beyblade had the best opening of anything that we had that we had discussed this month. That's changing today.
0: Yeah, to be fair, when I said that this was not on the docket because we <laughs> like to play it by ear, play but,
1: fast and loose with our own rules.
0: Yeah, sorry, whoever wrote that, whoever performed that fucking song was like sick kid, scum kid, whatever that was. You got blown out of the water here.
1: <laughs> You're done.
0: There's no competition. It's unfair, really. Truly. Yeah. Like, I mean, here, listen... On today's podcast, as I said, we are returning to another big hitter, a legendary cult series. Uh, that is, I think we said last time, is so due for a revival, a return, a reevaluation. It's Cyber Six.
1: Where are my Cyber Six fans? Stand
0: up. The Cyber Six fan is dying. Please post about Cyber Six if you're a real Cy Sixer. Does that work?
1: I don't think so.
0: Based on the Argentinian comic of the same name by Carlos Meguila and Carlos Trillo, which made its serialized debut in 1991 in the publication Scorpio, and would go on to be published in traditional comic book releases until 1999. The series was produced by the Vancouver Production House with, I said it last time and I stand by this, the most uninspiring and ungooglable <laughs> name you have mm-hmm. ever heard in your life, the Network of Animation.
1: Find them, I dare you.
0: The Network of Animation, ladies and gentlemen. But hey, hey, uh, returning to this month, uh, the series was animated in Japan by a studio you may have heard us talk about recently, TMS.
1: <laughs> That's still just wild to me. The, I the mean, this whole month time. has been yeah. The whole this whole month has been wild to me. But yeah, like the the late '90s, early aughts really was just a a a time of branching out. I think for a lot of animation companies.
0: A time of collaboration and extensions of olive branches, but unfortunately, Cyber Six would ruin this particular olive branch of Japan to Canada because, uh, if you remember. This would be the last Western show that TMS would provide any outsourced animation for.
1: Yes. So, so something had to have happened during the production of Cybersex that they were like, you know what, we're done with you fuckers.
0: Uh, rising costs and the fact that TMS was hitting a stride in the 2000s with their own productions and couldn't be bothered with the cartoons that the Canucks wanted.
1: You know what, we're better than this. Kind of are. (laughs) I mean, yeah, they weren't wrong. I'm just glad we got one season of Cyber 6 out of this era.
0: Not nearly enough, but...
1: Yeah, I could could have done with with two more.
0: In the form that we got, I'll take it. Uh, Yeah. Yes, Cyber 6, as we were saying, it premiered on Teletoon in September of 1999 and ended its run in October of the same year, lasting 13 extraordinarily expensive episodes that nobody watched. I did. You might have.
1: I did not.
0: Okay, I did. Yeah, you did. That was did. one.
1: Um, they got one. I saw someone else I follow on Twitter just bought the Blu-ray.
0: So. Is that fucking Blu-ray? So,
1: yeah.
0: What the hell?
1: Don't don't worry. Uh, uh, forget I Forget I said that, actually.
0: <sighs> well, anyway... See, there is there's demand out there.
1: At so, least one other person likes this show well enough to put money down for it.
0: Somebody, please save her. Uh, for today's <laughs> podcast, uh, we took a look at episode 10, Full Moon Fascination, directed by Keiko Oyamada and written by Barry Whittaker. Original air date, October 9th, 1999.
1: This one's for the furries.
0: Sylvie, is this the one where we literally just went through the episode list trying to find what was potentially the horniest episode?
1: Well, I mean, yes and no. Uh that was like my secondary goal. Um I picked this episode. My my primary goal was uh I I read the sentence um, Adrian feels jealous when a new co-worker, Elaine, accompanies Louis, uh, Lucas.
0: And you stop reading.
1: And I stopped reading. I didn't need to, he- to hear anymore because, uh, that's my ship. What do you mean there's a third party entangling the complications of my ship?
0: Not, not even realizing that the second sentence in that description carries a bombshell.
1: <laughs> uh, that yes.
0: only opens this episode up to... So much fetishism.
1: Cyber Six confirms the truth that Elaine is a werewolf who turned Lucas into a same being.
0: We didn't even realize when we were discussing Cyber six or bringing it up on the podcast this is also a monster of the week show.
1: Yeah, the perfect kind of show.
0: Yes, Mothman could show up and fight Cyber Six. is what I'm saying? He,
1: I'm, Mothman would have shown up if they'd gotten a season two.
0: We could only hope. Think about all of these great ideas you're just leaving on the table. All the money.
1: TMS, please come back. I can change.
0: What is that, is that Canada yes. <laughs> talking to? Th- <laughs> That's please the revive.
1: That's the network of animation going like TMS, babe, come back. I want to make an episode with Mothman.
0: Please revive the series about the Antifa super soldier in leather.
1: It's what we need. For this year,
0: this is what we're saying. This is why it would do so well on a reboot. It's because it, it's tapped into the zeitgeist.
1: Yeah, like I know Ahead we talked it about time. it last time, but this show would do so well with a modern audience.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, so yes, Cyber Six. We so. On the last episode, we kind of danced around this idea because I I believe the method for picking that episode it was Pride Month. We I think you just gayest literally go- you just literally Googled gayest episode of Cybersex. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. And uh, there were there were two episodes we could have picked for this week because I really wanted to do to find something that would like go into the relationship that Lucas has with Adrian specifically. Mm-hmm. Because, like, this is a fun... The, the fun part about the series is basically Lucas's relationship with Adrian versus his relationship with Cybersex.
0: Simultaneous, yes.
1: Yeah. It's a classic uh, superhero with a secret identity story. And the only difference being that, like, this show has some, some gender fun going on. Um, but the other potential episode would have been uh, episode three, because that's the one where, like, Cyber Six actually sits down and dwells on what it would be like to date Lucas. Like, it's the most explicitly romantic episode. Um, but we can save that for, like, I don't know, next June?
0: Why not? Yeah, it's, it's always up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel is... like
1: we are going to cover every episode of Cyber Six before we end this podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's a given but i think the fun thing about it is like not only is there that uh interesting dynamic of gender happening here but it's also inexplicably erotically charged yeah because this show's so
1: fucking horny
0: and we mentioned that on the last episode and we and i remember editing that episode and wondering like wow, we're dwelling on this a lot. Is it really? that? Is this yes. just our hang-up on it? Are we just looking for this because we needed something to talk about? And then I watched this episode in prep, and it's like, <laughs> oh no, no, there, this this show just has a, a screw loose.
1: Yeah, and like this is very toned down from the content of the comic series, where like Lucas and Cyber Six are actively fucking.
0: Yes, uh, the original comic series, as well as the live-action show... Uh, which you can watch on YouTube, it's kind of fun, Uh, much more explicit both in violence and sexuality, and which makes the prospect of adapting it for children all the more cursed.
1: Yeah, like, the fact that the show exists as it does is extremely funny. Honestly, like, that they saw something that erotic, violent, and they were like, we can make this for kids.
0: Because you know why? You know, I, I just realized that was an era where, I mean, G- Google was not really the thing it was. Not, nobody had the internet true. access. Internet well, access wasn't rule what it was. 34
1: does not exist.
0: Exactly. But not even beyond that. Because if they attempted to, like, uh, whatever, it's like a Netflix series on Cyber 6 directed at kids... It would just take one person to Google like Cyber Six and then get see all of the panels from the comic book where she is absolutely getting railed by Lucas it's like, huh?
1: Yeah, like the 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 comic has no or not a widespread English translation. I don't know if it ever was officially translated.
0: No, uh, too erotic.
1: Yeah, too horny. <laughs>
0: Like, we did not uh, stand for that. And this is why you would not be able to make, not to sound like this person, but it would be difficult to uh, to do what they did here today in that they took an explicit, almost like to a, to, to take an explicit series almost to like an edgelord, ed, edgelord degree
1: mm-hmm.
0: and attempt to just modify it into a children's show because- people would see the writing on the walls from day one and would be able to trace it back and see what the inspiration came from and then, like, what are you trying to peddle to our kids?
1: Yeah, very much so. I think you, you couldn't create Cyber 6 as it exists in the internet age. You, you probably would be able to do, like, like a PG-13 version.
0: Possibly. Yeah, Maybe.
1: Like, you'd be able to get, like, your your 14, 15-year-old edgelords and, like, make a version of it that that they can watch that their parents won't be like, Why are you watching porn? (laughs)
0: Uh, yeah, so this episode, uh... I just, for my first note, uh, I just wrote this sentence down in hopes that it might kind of pan out.
1: Okay.
0: It didn't really, but um, this is verbatim the first note in my uh, pages here. Do you remember the episode of Johnny Bravo where he dates a werewolf and just tries to make it work?
1: No.
0: (laughs) Oh, that is... That that is a classic episode of Johnny Bravo.
1: I mean, it sounds like something he would do.
0: Uh, it's actually kind of, <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying this, but it's actually kind of a weirdly sweet episode, because he, he through a blind date service, he gets hooked up with a very attractive woman, mm-hmm. and then they go on a date, full moon's out, she turns into a werewolf, and goes like, so this is just temporary, right? Alright, let's uh, go on the date, and wait till sunrise.
1: Oh, she's cute!
0: Yeah, see? And he's totally game for it the entire time. I, I don't know why, but it's like, good guy Johnny.
1: The the weirdly wholesome masculinity of Johnny Bravo.
0: God, kid, outside of the constant badgering of women?
1: Yeah, outside of that.
0: There are elements there. It's like, he he's not all bad.
1: He's He's too stupid to truly be a misogynist.
0: He's not like 100% a predator, just like...
1: Just mostly.
0: Just like sixty-two percent.
1: Um, there's also an episode where he meets a girl on the internet, and she turns out to be an antelope.
0: He got, what?
1: He got catfished by an antelope.
0: I remember this episode. He needs to stop using online dating services. Really, he, never pans he, out he, for he him.
1: really does.
0: Anyway, that prediction, so to speak, did not pan out for this episode because it's nothing like that. <laughs>
1: uh, it's it's uh definitely hornier. Is the thing.
0: Uh, my second, good, good point. Uh, my second note in my notes here, uh, these are some fuckable werewolves.
1: I don't know if it's my type, but, uh, but this, but this werewolf do have TNA.
0: This Cyber Six for our generation is like the patient zero for so many fetishes.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we trace really- so
0: much back to this.
1: Yeah, any anyone our age who watched Cyber Six would be like, "Okay, so what what freaky shit are you into?" Okay, here's in the, the episode. Here's the episode of Cyber Six that spawned that.
0: <laughs> like specifically, so we, like we, this episode involves uh, the the character Elaine, who is a visiting professor to the institution where Lucas and Adrian teach at.
1: I think the uh the thing is that she's like a substitute for someone who's on mat leave
0: okay so it's it's like one of those uh grade school books like my substitute teacher is a werewolf
1: uh, yeah 100 percent.
0: okay so there you go uh yeah it turns out she's a werewolf that was sent by who is the big bad in this series von, like richter. von kaiser von richter i was von kaiser okay von richter
1: von kaiser would be a much funnier name
0: Von Kaiser is a fighting game character, I believe, <laughs> from the S&K games, if I'm wait, correct.
1: I'm by that.
0: Anyway, as it turns out, she's a werewolf sent by the big bad, who is also, do not get it confused, a card-carrying Nazi.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing that gets, like, omitted from the show, is they, they do not say the word that he is a Nazi, but it, it's basically as explicit as you can get without saying the word and showing a swastika. Um, also, Von Kaiser is a character in Punch-Out.
0: Punch-Out, damn it. Okay. Who am I thinking of then? Doesn't matter. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, she is a visiting uh, substitute teacher who turns out to be a werewolf hired by a Nazi to interfere?
1: Yeah, I mean... Like, part one is always like kill Cyber Six if possible. That's always like the kind of plan underneath. Um, But I, like, this episode, it does seem to be very much like drive a wedge between Cyber Six and Lucas.
0: Yeah, I, I guess so, because it's. We're on episode 10 here, and Lucas and Cyber Six seem to have a partnership of some type. Yeah, Fight. so the
1: point that like she can show up at his apartment in the middle of the night. To to talk shop. <laughs> talk crime, what they're doing, Yeah. Talk crime fighting shop. So, so like getting into the, like the plot of this episode that, uh, most of it is about like Lucas is slowly turning into a werewolf. The CGI on like because he keeps growing fur very rapidly. Mm-hmm. The CGI arm hair is, uh, so gross to me.
0: All of the animation associated with the transformations in this episode is frankly stunning.
1: Yeah, like, it's gorgeously done in a way that's very unsettling.
0: But, for Lucas's case specifically, it's like he's living his own prolonged body horror movie through this episode.
1: Yeah, like, he's getting new hair he's uh your hair is everywhere um it's it's interfering with like his ability to to do his job he's experiencing like mood swings
0: and and most importantly to our diagnosis of cyber six being the patient zero for all forms of fetishes Uh he's getting thicker
1: oh yeah he's getting like taller wider his hands are getting bigger
0: he's a bear He's becoming, he's yep, becoming a it. werewolf, but you know what I mean.
1: He's becoming a bear to Adrian's twink.
0: It's all right there. It's
1: right there.
0: All the pieces are in place.
1: <laughs> I gave you all the clues, Mr. Policeman. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, clues are corny wolves.
0: Always are. They always are. <laughs> I, I love his entire art for this, this episode of because we we're just allowed to spend so much this is like Lucas's episode like the yeah. the the episode itself is just really centered on him not only becoming smitten with this new character Elaine but having this extraordinary experience happen to his body and him being genuinely terrified over it while trying to maintain m- maintain like a sense of order both to his new crush, and Adrian, who is showing very serious concerns, not only as his best friend and potential lover, but also Cyber6. Yeah, and, like, it's I
1: mean, it's basically, like, a love, I I love that their relationship is a love triangle between two people. But (laughs) (laughs) uh, but in this case, you do you add, like, a third uh, a third potential interest into this, and, like, he, he does very quick there's something to like the infatuation that he has with Elaine where he becomes very dismissive of cyber sex. Mm-hmm. like she's she shows up to his apartment but Elaine's supposed to come by so he's got to get rid of her and, and he he, he, yeah. he becomes a, a, a much uh more like abrasive character to To her specifically, and I think that's that's really the only reason Cyber Six catches on to something being weird is that like Lucas is being mean to me, he would never.
0: <laughs> and can we also just mention real quick that, uh, the, the amount of attention that Elaine is throwing towards Lucas and fawning over his complete lack of game.
1: <laughs> he got no riz.
0: He has absolutely no riz to speak of. He can barely utter a sentence to elaine and why i i know that she's a double agent sent yeah, she's, to she's a honeypot to infect him with lycanthropy to get to cyber six listen nazis don't make great plans
1: they really don't they're stupid
0: always are i mean they're using the great using the great minds of nazi science to just make hot werewolves what are they thinking
1: They've got nothing but fetishes going for, going on.
0: I mean, just look at their uniforms. That's a fetish. Just look at their uniform. Yep, I, exactly.
1: I mean, I mean, we've we talked. I don't know if you've seen like the James Somerton drama, um, but
0: I'm f- so over that. People will not stop talking about it. Well,
1: yeah, but like just the his big like open Nazi fetish. Yep,
0: yeah, I I did see that part. Yeah, I, I do like. Not to go on a tangent here, but I do like um, H. Bomber Guy's whole shtick. Now is like he is an avenging spirit that emerges once a year to just like destroy somebody, <laughs> yeah. and then he goes back into hibernation
1: <laughs> to to work on to work on something else.
0: His next victim, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, they, and he like mentioned that he wanted to do like he was trying to do a follow up on Tommy Talerico when this whole thing happened, and he was like, "Oh no, this is way more important right now." <laughs>
0: the his fingers, like, all right. (laughs) Let me just take eight months, and we will never hear from this person again.
1: And your career is destroyed.
0: This is how that works. Anyway. um,
1: Anyway, hot werewolves.
0: Hot werewolves. The, The animation in the show, we gushed about it last time, but my god, is it crisp? Is it beautiful? Is it flowing in every scene? These fight scenes are stunning.
1: They are so gorgeously choreographed. Uh, this this episode in particular, we get uh we get a lot of really nice hairography, <laughs> both with Al- <laughs> Elaine in particular, but also like Cyber Six is, Mop is is doing a lot of uh fun, independent bopping around. I th-
0: I think we mentioned it again last time, but it's like the character models of um I believe it's Trilio or uh, Magilla whoever whoever's the artist of the pair mm. uh they're approach to character design is fascinating and you can just you can just see their sensibility and all of its like idiosyncrasies captured in Elaine's hairstyle absolutely it's, it's there here, by the there is so much happening in her hairstyle
1: well yeah like god there's like three independent pieces here we've got like <laughs> the, the the triple claw sticking up which is, uh, like, a lot of different characters in this series have that kind of stringy cowlick thing going on. Um, but then, like, she's got the, the wavy chunk that is the most of it. And then her one huge fluffy bang that she, she gets to fling around.
0: It's integral to her character, because that's how Cyber Six discovers that, wait a minute... That's the substitute teacher that is currently trying to kill me in werewolf form.
1: Yeah, which is funny that uh, the it takes the motion for her to pick up on it when the hair is identical in werewolf form.
0: And how many people could possibly have that hairstyle?
1: <laughs> in this world? Who knows?
0: You know what, you got, you got a point there. But yeah, I just love these character models. I love the character design behind it all. It's so It's a lot. It's mm-hmm. very extra all compliments
1: oh yeah it is 100 percent. they are like almost over designed in the best possible way
0: sometimes they're over designed other times it like they take shortcuts for design like -hmm. you mentioned lucas's rectangled arm hairs yeah like that's a motif because that's the rectangle hair is just a thing that this character designer liked
1: yeah, and, it, like, it's not even just in body hair, like, even, uh, the, the blunt ends of Lucas's hair are squared off, or even, like, mm-hmm. Adrian's hair does the same, um, but anyone who has body hair, it's rectangles.
0: Yeah, yeah, it serves a purpose, it's yeah. unique, uh, not a lot to compare it to, and, I mean, it gets the point across, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. It's it's just an interesting design choice that I'm really glad carried over into the the character designs of the of the cartoon because it just stands out so much.
0: I th- I think it's also because this series is straddling a weird divide between uh its inspirations, I guess, because mm. there are a lot of uh strange cartoon like as an animation cartoon touches mm. on like throughout this like The use of sound effects, the over-exaggerated expressions at times, but even so, it's also very centered and moody in, like, its lighting and its color and its, um, subject matter. It's, it's a weird mix.
1: Yeah, like, Like, especially the, yeah, like, if you were to compare just the background art versus, like, I don't know, the, the goofy expressions of the, the old lady whose poodle Lucas scares when he's almost peak werewolf. Yeah. Like, or even, like, the, the the more comedic scenes of, you know, old lady gets her, her little dog scared by a mean, nasty werewolf versus the, the immediate following scene is Cyber Six having just this quiet, introspective moment in the mirror about, like, her own humanity. If it exists.
0: Yeah. Not only, like, not only her own humanity, but, like, what, like, just taking stock of the relationship she's cultivated, and what, what, how exactly far, how far can it exactly go when compared to, say, another challenge?
1: Yeah, like, she's, she's straddling this line between like, oh, I have to defeat Von Richter, and also just trying to build a life for herself.
0: And it's all done with such care and empathy to the character, it's it's really well done. Like I am very impressed on how much interiority you get out of this character. Yeah, again, even when she's like, not even the main focus of this episode. <laughs>
1: yeah, like this isn't a cybersex <laughs> centric episode and sh- but we we still get that reminder that like this uh this gender fluid icon is is mm-hmm. our protagonist and and has feelings about specifically Lucas. And the weird uh, transformation
0: uh, he's undergoing. There's there's one moment I just re- there's one little detail I want to just pinpoint for literally no reason, but since Lucas's apartment is being used as this, I don't know, like hub for both Cyber Six and his girlfriend just to like come together, talk, and do do God knows what. Mm. We get we get a good look at Lucas's apartment, which I don't think makes an appearance in too many episodes, but this man is the most single man <laughs> i think i've ever <laughs> seen represented on an animation there's yeah there's there's one thing that sticks out to me and i'm i'm amazed by it like because cyber comes by to voice her concerns over elaine and like i don't think you realize who you're getting involved with here there's something going on i mean look at you you're so much hairier now
1: <laughs> you're such a sad sack who would want to date you <laughs> Except and... for me, I'm a freak. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Lucas, I don't think you I don't think you realize how weird it is for a hot lady to be into you. Like I'm an outlier.
0: And you have two right now, so something should be up. So, like alarm bells should be going off. There's something weird happening.
1: Something's wrong with one of these women.
0: <laughs> but while he's talking to his potential partner here, the gender-fluid icon that is the leather-clad Cyber Six. He's leaning on a wooden crate. Mm-hmm. And I realize, like, oh, that's next to his bed. That has a lamp on it. He is using a wooden box <laughs> as a bedside table. <laughs> my, my, my man.
1: <laughs> my guy.
0: You get a teacher's wages, which which aren't much, but you can afford some Ikea furniture. You're he entertaining. Is-
1: yeah like you're you, this you're inviting this new potential girlfriend over you invited her into your home. you know what it looks like. this is so sad for you
0: meanwhile, your will they won't they uh superhero friend is coming and going as she pleases, like literally not even knocking on the <laughs> window
1: coming come in through the window
0: and yeah man take better care of yourself, Lucas.
1: Oh my god, I know that it's supposed to be his TV, but there's this shot in the living room. That TV looks like a microwave.
0: I wouldn't I be choose surprised.
1: To, I choose to believe that he's microwaving in his living room.
0: I'm just assuming that all of Lucas's, like, his gas hookup is just never been paid for. None of the appliances <laughs> in his kitchen work. Yeah. Uh, he's either ordering out constantly or... Uh, Using well, that I
1: mean, he and, he and Adrian go, they have, like, a favorite restaurant that they go to.
0: Which is one and of the most I, poignant I, moments in this episode, is when...
1: He takes a lane to their restaurant!
0: Adrian shows up at the restaurant and, is like, sees them together, it's like... And doesn't really know what to do with themselves.
1: Yeah. Because it's, like, this big, like, wait, that's... That's our thing.
0: The The character animation, and the amount of expression, and clear, like lines of thinking that they can express here is really incredible because just in that one moment of adrian like leaning on the door looking inside and then seeing all of the potential things that she could be doing in that moment either like do i go in do i introduce myself do i just go in and sit somewhere else like it all comes across like she is going through everything in that moment and it's really incredible
1: it's such a good show i i I again, I really just wish that there was either more of this show, or I would be content with more fan created content. I just want so, like, I want soft, fluffy, domestic Adrian next Lucas. It'll Please. happen. <laughs> Please, we I'm begging.
0: We put out the call. You got a whole. You get twenty twenty four is right around the corner.
1: 2024, That's my year. That's my year.
0: That is Cyber Six's year. That is the year of Cyber Six. I am calling it now. Uh, on my I'm 2024 bingo card, it's like, random revival of Cyber Six announced. Putting it at number one in my predictions with a bullet. Please. Um So does this episode end?
1: Um, they they defeat the sexy furry werewolf.
0: In a I. Fantastic fight scene on the rooftop. One of the most oh my...
1: gorgeous animated, like just hand-to-hand combat.
0: And that, like, set piece with the uh, uh, construction elevator. Yeah. Inspired, like, great. I was on the edge of my seat. It just, it just instills a sense of panic and excitement. It's great. Well, there's this so well directed.
1: Um, like in in the in the midst of this like gorgeous combat sequence, there is like. A really, another really good piece of character animation for Cyber Six, where, like, she's pleading with Lucas, with Werewolf Lucas, to fight on her side. And, like, the the profile shot of of her, like, calling out to him. Really good. Really good, um, I know it's it's such a little thing to specify, but, like, good neck animation. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you mean. Yeah.
0: These these werewolf designs, they're, um... They're horny. Really good. Yes, well, I didn't mean that. Like, but yes, you're also I, right. I,
1: I feel like I'm harping on this point, but, like, this is extremely close to a lot of, like, furry designs. Where it's, like, ref- basically just, like, an anthro-human body that they've just decided to co- coat in fur.
0: I refer um, you to my second point. In my uh, notes.
1: Yes uh including um human feet which again feels like a strange thing to draw attention to but boy howdy this episode really wants you to look at Elaine's human feet
0: yeah it does like both in
1: werewolf form both in werewolf form and when uh she is defeated go fuck yourself uh <laughs> <laughs> um, and she, and so, like, before she, like, vaporizes, I guess, uh, she turns back into a human, and part of that is, like, just th- seeing the shift from wh- her, her big taloned werewolf feet to her dainty human feet.
0: And the creative blocking that they're using, specifically using Cyber 6, to really cover up the fact that she is fully nude. Yeah. Yeah. Again, creative blocking. So they did a great job of hiding that from young impressionable eyes, but even the fact that they bothered at all to keep that intact. Yeah. Horny show.
1: Horny show.
0: Sometimes it really just feels like how much can like how much sexuality can we inject into this series until we get in trouble?
1: And I don't think they ever did get in trouble.
0: I mean, they they, they they lasted one season, but they, that, that I, th- was...
1: I think that was more of like a TMS backing out of it rather than like any sort of network problems.
0: Oh no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the uh, erotic content that was causing the problems. It was the budgetary issues that was causing yeah. the problems.
1: <laughs> this this show is too good.
0: That wasn't a perverted animator's doing. That was a an accountant's doing.
1: damn business majors they'll ruin us all
0: it's why we are in this awful period of streaming services (laughs) and their flippancy over the product that they're making
1: never trust a business major
0: no Oh, that's also a, a James Summerton thing.
1: I was going to say that was. <laughs> I, I, should, I should have known better because Never Trusted Business Major is something I've tried to live by. I should have known better. Yep.
0: Yeah. Live and learn.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, just real quick, we covered them in the. We covered the cast last time we um, covered Cyber Six and fun yes. little things thing i mean we have a brand new character here but um, yeah
1: you'd think that i'd get to talk about some new voice actress uh voicing elaine but no it's Janice Dowd again the same actress who plays laurie
0: she's who back laurie who has my favorite moment in this episode which is that uh, her very comically playing air guitar after lucas reveals his long shag of hair
1: yeah She's like, oh, a hey. a lovely
0: little piece of animation.
1: What up, fucking Rockstar? I love this, how Lucas's class just does not respect him at all.
0: I mean, how, how could you? I mean, he's a pushover. <laughs> he, he maybe built, like, a 1940s, uh, police officer.
1: Because but... wasn't he, wasn't he a cop in the original comic?
0: I don't remember, maybe. But, yeah, like, clearly they did not change anything about his design, because mm-hmm. he he looks like he could tear parts off of another person, but in but reality, he's a, no. He's a
1: big, soft dummy. Which is
0: which is why Adrian loves him so much.
1: Yeah. They're in love, Your Honor.
0: <laughs> yep, and oh uh, kudos to uh, Lucas' voice actor. He is... It's, it's, pulling Michael Dob- out. it's
1: Michael Dobson.
0: It is Michael Dobson, yes. Uh, I don't have it in front of me right now, but um, he is giving it his all for this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially for a Lucas-centric episode, uh, he he has a lot more to do. He's got a lot of different uh, different things that he gets to play with, like being just this absolute charisma-less glob of a man. Whenever Elaine's in a room, uh, he, he gets some, like, interesting confrontation with Cyber Six. He gets, he gets, uh, again, uh, played by Kathy we- Wesseluk, mm-hmm. crushing it as both Adrian and Cyber Six.
0: Great dual role. Like, the, 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 the amount of, like, play between the two and how, uh, the nuances between the two voices that she's putting on, like, it's really incredible work.
1: It's it was really interesting because um, I've been watching um, another really really nice piece of animation from twenty twenty three. Um, I watched uh, Blue Eyed Samurai. Ah,
0: uh, still on my list.
1: Okay. Um, the uh, the uh, Maya Erskine, Erskine uh, playing the protagonist. Oh, love her, love. Yeah, her. she she plays the protagonist uh, Mizu, and there it was. It was funny watching that show. And I could hear a lot of Kathy Westlock as cyber uh, as Adrian specifically in in the role of Mizu because it's the same of like a female voice actress playing a male role. Mm-hmm. So it's they're they're very similar uh, performances, and I very much enjoyed.
0: Yeah, with uh, with Westlock's. Um... Adrian voice. There's a bit of, like, a nasal to it and more of, like, a sarcastic tinge, mm-hmm. while uh, Cyber Six is very breathy, as you would expect. Yeah, because
1: she's sexy.
0: Yes, exactly. It makes all the sense in the world. And yeah. even so, like, they're not that far removed from each other, but there's enough in the delivery, be- like, enough difference in the delivery between them where they feel, like, completely separate characters. Mm-hmm. And that's,
1: impressive. I, I, I do tend to think of them as completely separated characters. Even though uh, they're one and the same. Well, that's... I mean, that's... I said earlier with the, like, love triangle between two people. That's because, yeah. like, Cyber Six and Adrian are just so fundamentally different in how they interact with Lucas, specifically.
0: And, and just how... And, and just how separated the show itself keeps the personalities... Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's a really interesting choice I mean, also, speaking of breathiness uh, Janice Jowd's performance as Elaine is A lot
1: I, Well, I mean, she's she's honeypotting Lucas, so
0: Lay, Laying it on thick, Yeah, I will say
1: She's like that, um I don't even know what the audio comes from But like that bit of like Hi Dan, I'm a super. I, I'm a supermodel, and I just moved in next door. And the guy's like, I don't care who the IRS sends. I'm not paying my taxes. <laughs> she's like, she's like that exemplified into a full character who's also a furry.
0: I. It's just a thing where it's like it's it's getting laid on so thick, like that. Thank God Lucas is an idiot for not realizing <laughs> something's up because immediately. Andrew-
1: any other man would have been like, Mmm, you want something.
0: I mean, Adrian right there is just looking at it as like, uh
1: <laughs> She's into Lucas, something's wrong.
0: I I mean, she just like sat down and just gave his her number away to him and said, like, here I will be at my apartment between these hours, come by whenever. It's and Lucas is like, what do, what do you think she means by that?
1: And Hadrian's like, oh, buddy.
0: Like, uh, nothing. I mean, she's a werewolf.
1: <laughs> it means Trust she me wants on this. I've got dead. a feeling. <laughs> God, these episodes are so beautiful because they're very expensive.
0: You can tell. All the money's on the screen. Yeah, like, you're not absolutely. wondering where the budget went. Like, it's like, it all went to that cape. It all went to <laughs> these skylines. It all went to this dynamic camera movement through all of these action scenes. Like, that's all watching. Watching the show is like watching money being put into a big animation machine.
1: It it, it went into this gorgeous like techno pop soundtrack that I can't find anywhere.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's Any, uh...
1: Anytime I've I've tried to look up like Cyber Six OST Cyber Six score, everything that comes up is just the opening theme.
0: Which, if we haven't mentioned in the episode proper, slaps.
1: It's so good. But the rest of the soundtrack is also very good, and I would very much like to have, like, a clean recording of it.
0: Yeah, it's it's a, it's a bizarre, like, confluence of these elements that makes Cyrus so great. It's a great show. Great show! Any parting thoughts on Cyber Six? One of the greatest shows of all time.
1: Please let twenty twenty four be the year of our love, Cyber Six.
0: It's it's on my prediction card. It's the only thing on my prediction card. It has to come true.
1: Is <laughs> like Cyber Six gets this massive <laughs> fandom revival, up Maybe. to and including
0: like a series on Netflix and an original film coming to theaters. <laughs> I'm I'm aiming high.
1: I, we're, go big or go home, you know.
0: Mhm. As well as a proper English translation and release of all of the comic books.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I'll I'll put that.
0: I'm not that normally on list. one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not normally one to get behind a franchise and say like we need more. But.
1: But I want my Antifa leather mommy.
0: You took the words right out of my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> Uh, i want yeah. i want her
1: to fight mothman that's that's my wish
0: it's, it's is that so much to ask i don't think is that that's so much, too to much. Ask? well anyway thank you <laughs> so much for spending your 2023 with cartoon night in canada if you like what you heard and how could you not it's on cyber six for god's sakes Please consider giving us a like, share, subscribe, review, and or something else on your podcatcher of choice, preferably Apple Podcasts, because that helps us reach the widest possible audience. Um, you can find the show on Twitter at Cartoon Night Pod. Where ha 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 ha. Not even doing the line. Okay. You can. F-
1: <laughs> all right because we're We're gonna post it on Sunday.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Uh, it's Saturday now while we're recording.
1: (laughs) We're professionals.
0: (laughs) You can find myself on Twitter at Cinema Creep, where I will post this prediction of Cyber 6 making a big comeback in 2024, so you can all laugh at me come January
1: 2025. And be like, haha, that didn't happen. It was even better. We got two movies.
0: There we go. Yeah, Oh kick off the franchise with a good part one, part two.
1: Yeah. Uh, And you can find me at Sylvie Skeletons, where uh, I'll... I I know I promised this last time, but maybe this time I'll mean it when I say that I'm gonna write the Lucas X Adrian Fluff fic that we all deserve.
0: No, you you post it on Twitter. Like, actually do it. I dare you.
1: I'll, I'll try. I haven't written anything in ages.
0: Well... There's your there's your New Year's resolution.
1: Gotta start
0: somewhere. Yeah. Hey, Happy New Year, everybody.
1: Happy New Year.